We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports that is on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Yes, if they could set lines for it, you can bet it, folks. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. Promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Day. It's at the Lamb Show is where you can find me. And joining me today, a very special guest, my guy Dave Mason from Bet Online, sportsbook brand manager, and a man of many, many talents, I suppose. Dave, what's up, man? Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's just get right into it. With all this chaos that's developing with this coronavirus and COVID and all the nicknames that it's developed, what is, what's it like managing a sports book, man, and just being associated with a sports book with no sports to be wagered on? Yeah, it's definitely a challenging time. I mean, there, there's, there's, you know, you, there's been other challenging times. You know, back in 2008, I was involved in the industry and 
about the recession and, and um, that that was a tough time. You know, a lot of action went down as people were losing their houses and their shirts and everything, you know, a lot of money. So uh, that was definitely a tough year. Um, but this is, this is, this is, this is strange. I mean, they're just, you know, and I, I work, you know, on the sports side of things, like you said, so there's just not a lot of, to bet on now, but you know, it's, it's, I work more on the marketing side of things. So that's, that's when your creativity has to kind of uh, kick it a high gear and, and think of other ways that players can bet this stuff. So, um, that, that's what we're doing. We're just maximizing, um, what these people can bet on. And, and luckily we have a great poker room and a great casino and they're Those guys are doing the heavy lifting now. I mean, their numbers are, as our numbers have gone down, their numbers have absolutely skyrocketed. So, um, yeah, those guys are doing the heavy lifting now and we're up on the sports side of things. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're just putting as many markets up there as available. So, well, the good thing at least is that there's no, it's not going to be a blackout. Like I, so I, I grew up, um, I wouldn't say I was an online poker kid, though I did dabble in the past, and you know I I got affected by the whole Black Friday and the poker boom. Do you remember that? Excuse me, you cut up there. Yeah, I'm I'm saying, so I grew up, growing up, I uh, I dabbled in a little bit of online poker, like I see Bet Online has over here, and luckily, well, hopefully, I should say it's not going to be like the Black Friday poker event that took place. Were you familiar with that? Yeah, no, I was in the industry back then. I was with Black Friday, Blue Monday, and all that stuff. And uh, you know, that's when that's when Bet Online we took off. We didn't have a poker. We didn't even have a poker room at that time. And like the week after, like you know what, everybody's pulling out a poker. Let's open a poker room. <laughs> so whereas other books are kind of stand still on, oh my god, what should we do? Bet Online's like uh, let's let's you know let's open a poker room. So that's how we got involved in poker. Yeah, so. I'm well aware of uh, all that Black Monday, Blue Friday, or whatever the heck it was called years back. Yeah, it's actually uh, April 15, 2011. I remember because I was playing on Full Tilt Poker at the time, Dave, and I had a, you know, everyone's bankroll is subjective, but for someone that was in college still and didn't have a 9-to-5 sure. job, I, I had a couple of, uh, I had a good amount of money in there, and then, of course, they came in and shut it down, so it was... Uh, it was time to go to bed on that, but yeah, like you said, man, one man's uh, trash is another man's treasure. With Bet Online just coming in and opening up this poker room, how is the poker room over at Bet Online? It's good, man. You know that, that's when we started, and we're still got action in there. And uh, you know, I don't deal with the poker product too much, but uh, you know, right now, I mean, like last week, you know, all this stuff happened, and you know, we're, the NBA's canceling all these games, and March Madness is canceled, and we're on meetings. They're like, all right. All right, Mr. Poker Manager, guess what? You're, you're going to have to offer more uh, tournaments than ever, more free rolls than ever, more promos than ever, et cetera. And, and he stepped up. You know, we have a $750,000 uh, poker series tournament that's on the site. You know, $750,000 cash, of course. And, uh, yeah, we got some great offers in there. If you want to play some cards and different levels, different games, so you'll be able to find the game if you get on, bet that online. I want to go back a little bit to the sports side of it. Like you said, that that's where your bread and butter is. You know, Tom Brady's on the move, all these free agents that are moving around. There's one thing that the sports books can take a break on, and that's, you know, just like the futures market. Have you seen 
maybe the futures market take a little bit of a hit in in a positive direction like more interest in futures where in the past those are known as like sucker bets or or something that you know so i mean all all sorts of sports betting is donations for the most part but has there been a uptick in financial investments in the the futures market and not just football but just across all sports yeah, I mean, you know, like like we said, and everybody knows that, you know, the NBA games are canceled, the NHL games are canceled, March Madness canceled, and you know, all the, you know, ninety percent of sports are canceled right now. So people still want to get down, people still want action. So you know, they're, they're betting whether it's you know some crazy sport. We have posted some crazy prop, um, but yeah, I mean, futures have taken a lot of action this weekend, especially in the NFL. You know. Whenever there's free agency moves or trades or anything, that just triggers a lot of uh, action, and that was no different this week, especially with the Tom Brady stuff, right? I mean, all those rumors and all the big quarterbacks on the move, and odds are going up, odds are getting going down, and people are uh, people are um, you know you know tr- trying to pick a spot, and, and you know something we're doing, what we're doing for our players is we're running NFL futures and MLB futures at a 0% household, whereas, mm. um, you know, the, the futures like that usually have a 15 to 25% household, depending on what book you use. Um, we have a 0% household, and now what that means, I'm sure you know what it means, but just to explain it to some of your listeners who might not know what that means, household is basically, um, you know, if all the action was even on something across the board, we, we book even action. If we have a 15% household, that means we're going to keep 15 cents on every dollar. So, you know, if we have a 0% household, that means, you know, we're, of all the actions even, we're just breaking even. So, I mean, you're not going to find that anywhere. So, you know, they're, they're basically juice-free futures, which is unheard of. So we're doing that until this this coronavirus is, is uh, until we're back to normal, you know, just something special for our players. We're thanking them for sticking around and betting with us. Yeah, that's something you definitely don't – those are not perks that are offered on a normal basis from sports books. that's for sure. That's really cool what you guys are doing, and I think that's a good way to build customer relationships. Uh, my birthday was actually March 11th, and that's when everything really hit the fan, shit hit the fan then. How uh, how quickly were you guys uh, – I mean, I, I know the sports books are always on their P's and Q's for the most part, but – how quickly did you guys move on everything when when the decision came down to cancel the NBA and then every other league seemed to follow suit? Well, you know, you know, a few weeks out, we were starting to kind of, you know, have a nuclear plan and option, right? You know, kind of like, well, what if this happens? You know, and so we already had those discussions. Uh, you know, we didn't think it was going to happen as drastic as it did or as fast as it did, but we had those what-if um, discussions. What if this happens? What are we going to do? Well, you know, we, we, we're, we we're, we're, step one is promoting our poker and casino rooms more, more than ever. Step two is, uh, you know, finding markets we can post on the site. Um, so, and that, that's what happened. You know, that, that happened, that, 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 that night was crazy, that, that night when the NBA just, canceled all the games and you know it was, it was kind of late but I, you know a couple of us were chatting back and forth like here we go and then the conference championship get, uh, tournaments get canceled and yep here we go that that's when we know like a lot most stuff is going to get canceled we knew March Madness was going to get canceled so 
that, you know, the next morning, the next morning we were all in an emergency meeting and okay, you know, everything we've been talking about the last few weeks, it's here. It's here faster than it's here faster than we thought it would be, but it's here. Time to get to work. How big of a blow is no March Madness in particular? Because I know that garners a lot of attention. I know. Yeah. Go on. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no two ways about it, right? Yeah. You know, I can't. I can't, I'm not going to BS you. It stings, but you know, you, you just got to keep looking forward. You can't. You can't sit here and cry. Oh my God, there's no March Madness. Or Ugh. I mean, you know how much money we're missing out. I mean, you got to move forward. You know, and. You got to move forward and, and keep our betters happy. They they want action. And hey, I get it. You know, a lot of betters are, are taking time off, either because there's the sports they love they aren't in session, or you know they might, you know, they're just going to wait out to see how everything happens. And, and I get it. You know, it, it, if you want to sit on the sidelines, awesome. But if you if you want to keep in the action, keep yourself entertained, we're here for you. So we'll be around. We'll keep posting eyes and all sorts of interesting stuff, stock market, weather. Um, uh, you know, we had the Barbados Premier League basketball game the other night. <laughs> I mean, that took, that took as much action as like a mid-level college basketball game. I mean, it's like, oh my God, you know, we raised the limit so bigger betters can get down for what they like to get down on. And uh, it took good action. So it does, it, does it replace March Madness? Hell no. There's no way about it. But it's still, you know, and, and at times like this, too, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, it sounds corny, but, it, you know, it really sharpens the team up, too. It's like, all right, let's get creative. Let's see what else we can do. So, you know, long term, it can make a company like this even stronger because we, we, we're going to discover markets. We're going to discover stuff about the team and, and stuff like that. that. That's how these kind of situations happen. So it's no different. You know, we, we have all these email threads and all these great um, – great ideas and stuff we're working on and and uh there's stuff in there that we can use long term after the regular games are in play there's stuff in there that's just great ideas that we never would have thought about if this if the games were canceled you know so you know you gotta, you gotta look for that silver line and keep moving forward don't nothing we can do about it now we, we can't cry about it and and just keep moving forward and try to make the best thing possible and, and keep our players engaged well, shit, you just read my mind on what my follow-up was going to be to all that, about how what, what good could come out of this, and you pretty much hit the nail on the head. That's what I was thinking, you know, Dave, where I don't – man, when is there a di- a down period for a, a, a site like Bet Online where you have a couple days to just be like, yeah, you know what, let's just, let's just chill back, let's uh, throw some ideas – uh, throw some shit at the wall, see if it's going to stick and not have to worry about, oh, a big bet coming in on this side or we got to change the line because this guy's injured. And it doesn't seem like that's... When is that down period for you guys? Well, there really is never down period. Again, I work more on the marketing side of things. So, you know, where's the guys on the stage, the guys that are moving the lines, you know, they have their slow period during the year. You know, July, they all go on vacation, right? June, July, after the NBA is over, those guys just start dissing up here on a vacation. Um, uh, us, on marketing, you know, we're always trying to plan ahead. So we really don't have a slow season. So we're, we're always working on those ideas. It's just, it's just never as urgent. Now it's more urgent. Now it's like, okay, remember that idea we kind of talked about and, and bannered back and forth for, over email thread over a few weeks? No, 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 no. Now it's a couple days, you know, we don't have time to waste. 
that idea we came up with. Let's let's do that now. There's no more excuses why not to do it. There's nowhere, no more. Oh well, I got to do research and then no 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 no. Let's get on it. Let's do it. Uh man, it is uh, it's really crazy. I'm looking at right now. The only thing that's available is Cage Warriors MMA on Friday, and then for the most part, everything is up in the air. What uh, what kind of a blow is it going to be? Does soccer get a lot of attention as well? Oh uh, yeah, I mean we take a ton of soccer action. I mean, it, it's of course the huge leagues, uh, you know, the Champions League and all that stuff is on the back burner. But but the, there's there's still leagues up. There, that's the thing with that sport. There's leagues all over the dang mm-hmm. world, and and uh, and we have a great soccer product. I mean, look, I'm looking here, uh, and I'm not a soccer guy, so I'm not even gonna be able to pretend like I know what these leagues are. But there's there's soccer in Australia, Brazil. Um, what else? Germany, Singapore, Sweden, Belarus. Don't forget about Belarus, and <laughs> and of course Haiti, the Haitian soccer league. Uh, so looks like the Haiti Thursday, March nineteenth, the Haiti Championship National Game. How about that? So uh, get on the site and bet that, folks. When something like uh, so the Euro Cup got postponed, and I, I know just looking ahead to uh, the twenty twenty two World Cup. That's going to be played in the winter time. When is the busiest time for a sports book? Because I just imagine October, November. You got football. You got hockey kicking off. Maybe you're getting the tail end of the World Series. You got the NFL, and now if you throw in all the soccer leagues, and now you're throwing in like a potential World Cup. When is it the busiest time for sports books in general? Yeah, probably, probably that November, right there. Those few Saturdays where there's a there's a um, full slate of college football. And yeah, a didn't even mention college college basketball, and, and that that those are the days when those guys on the stage move their those odds are just you know don't bug them too much because you know, you'll hear it, like they'll be cursing you out that there's two hundred college football games and two hundred college or whatever the dang number is and uh, yeah, but but that time you know we all the sports when when all the sports are in session and uh yeah that that's that's the busiest time but it's, it's always busy you know what i mean there's just ebbs and flows dave as we wrap up here man a, a lot of my show is uh, i love storytelling i guess that's the wrestling fan in me but when how did you how did you get involved in sports betting what was it that uh pushed you in that direction when you were younger always a sports nut. My dad's a huge sports guy, so, you know, always watching the games with him, going to the games, playing playing, playing sports myself. So, that I mean, that was my passion when I was a kid, just growing up. Um, I was always good at math, too. Um, you know, I should have took my mother's advice and, and did something with that in college, but I didn't. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, but I always got numbers. I always liked odds, right? You know, I always was kind of fascinated with stats. You know, I was that little kid who had those little baseball spin around my games and I had stats on everybody and all that stuff and baseball cards and look at the guy's stats. So I always liked that. And, uh, yeah, and, and then betting when you, you know, start getting a little older, start making some bets, <laughs> trying to understand the numbers. And I always kind of got the odds, you know, I did the percentages and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was never a big better though. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I wasn't like I was some big time better, but I always was fascinated with it. So, uh, 
you know, I, I had a few different careers, and at one point, I was like, you know what, I just want to, for the rest of my life, I want to, on any career change, and I want to do something I, I, uh, I, I, I enjoy. I want to do something sports related, and uh, and uh, you know, I have, I always like to travel too, and I did did some research where a lot of these, you know, saw all these uh, advertisements for all these uh, online sports books, and did the research, kind of. Uh, found out where some were, went knocking on doors, and finally got a. Uh, some people took a chance on me, and here I am, almost two decades later. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy ride, and it's getting crazier, I guess. You know, I thought I thought it's all like I had. The, I thought I had everything, you know, on on cruise control, but this last week, man, it's, it's been it's been crazy. So, whatever, bring it on. Yeah, it seems like it. Did you get any pushback from family and friends telling them that you wanted to get into the sports betting world? Because that's something that I've had to deal with. And I don't even I don't even gamble that much per se anymore. The show has kind right. of pushed me away from that. But you know, when I really like something, I'm not going to lie to you. I do uh, make some financial investments when I need to. But sure. I, I've kind of turned that knowledge that I've uh, you know acquired over the years, and I love reading about sports betting. Just like you, I understand the percentages and the odds and all that, and you know, public and the sharps and whatnot. So it was just something that now I've kind of turned it into a gift, I guess you could say. So what kind of what kind of buzz were you getting from friends and family about it? Because I know it's not really it's not really a popular thing to want to get behind. All right. Uh to quote my late mother, uh, just want you to be happy. So, I mean, you know, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's people that have these admirable jobs, uh, these great jobs, and, you know, they, they go to work and they're absolutely miserable. Not me. Sure, I have my bad days, and uh, we all do, but at the end of the day, man, I, I have, a, I have a, a great job. I love it. Work with great people. My bosses are awesome, and, you know, interact with all the players. I mean, that, that's the thing, you know, that, the guys, I mean, the players I'm interacting, I mean, you know, we could be sitting at a damn bar drinking a beer and watching a game, and, and our conversations would be the same I'm having on Twitter, you know, just busting balls, talking about the game. I mean, how great is that? So, so no, man. I mean, you know, everybody's been supportive. They, they know, you know, I was never really the most, uh, you know, uh, I was always kind of a little bit out there, what I wanted to do and everything, traveling and, and just, looking for the next adventure so that's just me and if you're a cubicle guy and suit and tie that's awesome that's good for you if it works for you awesome but i guess i i got a little bit different dna in me or something but now they're all good everything's cool well dave i kept you long enough i appreciate your time my friend the floor is yours plug away tell us what's going on with bet online and what we could look for to get us uh to uh send you guys some money Yes, sir. Everybody head on over to betonline.ag if you want to be entertained. We have a great poker room, a great casino, race book, and, of course, a sports book. We're loading the sports up, book up with as much odds as possible. NFL draft, we already have 40 uh, props on the site. You know, usually we don't open those until about the week before the draft, but we're putting more and more content on the site every day, so... If you're looking to entertain yourself, put a couple bucks down on some event. Come on over to betonline.ag and check us out. All right, joining me now, my guy. I feel like it's been a while, huh? A few weeks. That's what happens when the whole 
world is shut down. I was gonna say country, but it's not really country. Yeah, it's not really the country anymore. Yeah, dude, right right when we were about to start recording, my guy A double L E N as always joining us. Um Twitter per Twitter. Um LA, Los Angeles, shutdown. Have been told to stay inside by um I guess the mayor? So yeah, shit's really hitting the fan, bro. How you feeling during all this? Uh, just trying to stay productive. Uh, like I'm doing a lot more reading. Like I've discovered that I should start reading books again. So I'm just trying to read books and learning how to cook. So I'm just trying to do all the stuff that you kind of got to do when you're an adult. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. If it wasn't for working out, I would have been the biggest piece of shit through these first four days. <laughs> Uh, Dude, I played. I I think I've played about a day and a half worth of Xbox. Jesus. Yeah, I've been streaming. Those are Ranger days. I've been uh, just a lot of Fortnite, a lot of Call of Duty. Came out with this new uh, game, um, game mode, I should say, Warzone. But uh, yeah, and of course, being disappointed by the signings of the New York Giants, which we'll get to in a little bit. But my guy Allen is here. A lot of shit has happened, man. Yeah, if anything, the one positive is that free agency or just all season general has not disappointed. I feel like from Monday to Wednesday, every hour something happened. Oh man, not even not even free agency really, bro. Just these trades, trades True. going down too. Like I was trying to work out Monday morning, and like every hour something was happening. Like you said, Teddy B was going to go somewhere, and then next day I know it, uh, the Buckner trade happened. Just like Monday, it could even like move i was just like looking at my phone every hour i'm like all right i gotta get like 90 minutes and get this out of here but but oh and then like the drill casey trade app and i'm just like what is going on yo tell me not doesn't it feel like there's been a lot more trades yeah and there's a lot more teams not really understanding what to do with their players like you look at guys like clays campbell drill casey even now they're slight to extend just teams not really knowing their value and uh, we're missing the biggest one here and with uh Dole O'Brien DeAndre Hopkins which I'm sure we'll just laugh at within the next 10 minutes but yeah I think with the trades just there's teams capitalizing on team other teams that have no idea what they're doing and I also feel like it's been trades of guys with some juice right like it's not just a, a number three wide receiver it's like you're talking about Diggs got moved slay a premier corner DeAndre Hopkins it's like yo these are all pro level players Clays Campbell, I think, what, he lead the league in sacks like two years ago, and Gerald Casey was one of the you know, franchise cornerstones of that really good Titans team last year. He's been someone that's been there since from the beginning, like, what, six years ago? So, And they're getting moved for, like, peanuts. Like, are you kidding me? A seventh-round pick, which will divulge on. Just, it's crazy seeing this, all these trades happening. And players, I don't know, I just feel like you know, certain organizations, you know what they're doing, and other ones just not knowing how to get value for their talent. All right, let's let's get some. Uh, I know uh, I like to structure the show as uh, or explain the show as uh, controlled chaos sometimes, but let's dive into some of these notable players that we do have. And you know, I'd be I'd be lying to you, Alan, if I didn't think the one that shocked me the most, and also the one that kind of changes the landscape of a division and a franchise. It got to be Tom Brady going to the Bucks. I mean, you know, just the idea of him in a different jersey is going to be super weird. Um, the Photoshop edits are already super weird. It just doesn't, you know, but I, I think, man, with how sports are nowadays, we kind of just got to be accustomed to there's not going to be any Kobe's and Derek Jeter's anymore. It really is not. Like, when you think about it, who was the last one to really ride out with one team? 
it's been a long time. And I'm talking about like a real icon. Like I'm not talking about like franchise stars. Like we're talking about a guy that's, you know, everyone knows who he is. Like a true a guy that goes beyond the sport in terms of his impact. Like someone that had a global impact. You know, no one that really comes to mind. Just, I think with Brady, just he saw it was the best situation for him, even though it's just crazy because Tampa Bay, they have been pretty much irrelevant for what, the past 15 years? And I tweeted this out a couple days ago, but they've gone from Jameis Winston and Dirk Cutter to Bruce Arians and Tom Brady in span two years. Like, you want to talk about making yourself relevant, that's how you do it. You get one of the most uh, person, uh, I think charismatic, but also just one of the most respected coaches out there. And then Tom Brady, you know, resume speaks for itself. So they've really elevated themselves. I don't know how good they're going to be, but you know, you're guaranteed five to six nationally televised games in 2020. Well, so that's the thing. This is going to be the first time that Brady has... Man, you could make a strong argument that maybe the third best quarterback in his division right now? Yeah, I'm still thinking Matt Ryan's better than him, and obviously Drew Brees is Drew Brees, so... Yeah, but... I, I would I would agree with you. Like, I, I don't think just because you're a Falcons fan, you can't say that. We're talking about the, uh, where they are in their careers right now. And look, we also need to factor in that this boy got some weapons now. Mike Evans and Godwin, who took the league by storm, PFS number one wide receiver last year. So, he does have some weapons. There's rumblings that Edelman wants to meet him down there. Maybe Todd Gurley gets signed. You know, he just got released with the Rams also. But I want to pose one question to you about Brady. Well, it's a two-parter. Number one, is this the best, the best fit for him? And number two, if he doesn't make the playoffs, if he doesn't do well, is he a system quarterback talk applicable? Well, I want to shut down the whole system, QB thing, because look, he's forty-three. If anything, it's aging. Thank you. We, we gotta, we gotta put the almost, let's, almost let's, verbatim what I would say. So, good. And let's let's also take into account that that old line's a bit shaky there. I've never been a Donovan Smith guy. I think he's one of the most grossly outpaid left tackles. So the shaky situation, at least with the tackles, is a little bit of a concern. But I think at least from a fit standpoint, I just I don't know how much arm strength he has left because at left because as you know. Bruce Arians loves pushing downfield. He's one of the most vertical-based offenses. And Carson Palmer was able to do that eventually. Carson Palmer, I think he, his decline was more from like a movement standpoint. His arm never really deteriorated. Well, Brady's arm strength, can't deny it. It's not quite the same. So I'm wondering how much Arians adjusts his you know, system because I don't think Brady's going to be chucking it you know, 650 times a year or a season where, okay, majority of it's going 30, 40 yards downfield. They're going to have to limit a little bit. That's why I think Godwin, Godwin, if you have, obviously you being the betting man, I think Godwin might lead the league in receptions next year. He's going to get fed a lot. So uh, I do think it's a good fit for him, but it's just, I wonder how much, because Arians is stubborn, man. You know he wants to push the ball downfield. And I'm just not sure at this age with that offense line can Brady hold up because they are very much heavy uh, aerial attack while, you know, looking back in New England, they started running the ball a lot more when, you know, the late, latter years. So, you know, how much they're going to figure that balance because Tampa for like the past, what, five years, they've led the league in like best attempts. They just blow throwing the ball and get a 43-year-old handle that responsibility. That's the question. And it's also one of my, you know, you, you always see these new stats that come up, but one of my new favorite ones it's basically throws to the sticks. I don't know what the proper PFF uh, terminology for it is. Like they have like an actual name for it, but it's basically throws to the sticks. Like if it's third and eight, 
are you throwing it eight yards? Or are you throwing it to the first down marker? Or are you doing what Eli Manning was doing the last four years of his career, dumping two yards and hoping that they make a play? And like Jameis Winston has been top three in like the last four years. So it one of the things that I always liked about Winston, and he does, you know, he's a 30-30 member, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. I don't know if anyone's ever done that before. But, but he's a guy that, tried to make plays and I don't know you're right I think we're gonna have to wait and see with Tom Brady does he have enough because man you look Mike Evans you got the tight ends there you got you know, he loves his tight ends yeah yeah and like you said with Arians I think the one positive is that Bruce Arians has been a quarterback whisperer his whole career right Ben Ben Roethlisberger the Andrew Luck season what he did with Carson Palmer you know, he's been a guy who's been able to and, – and look, not for nothing, it wasn't his fault that Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions, but Winston had a pretty solid year if it wasn't for that. So it's it's a, I like the pairing of head coach and quarterback, but I also agree with you that, dude, he's been in – like just because he's been with New England doesn't mean he's had one system his whole career. They did the whole they did the whole ground and pound when they had Corey Dillon in those early Brady teams, right? And then they went to the air it out, Randy Moss, Dante Stallworth, Wes Walker. And then they did the two tight end. And then they did the the West Coast offense, Dink and Doug. So it's like this dude has had so many different systems. So sure, he's been with one organization and one head coach, but I think he's been in so many different systems. How many coordinators has he had also? They applied different systems. So yeah. I don't. I don't think that that's that's fair. Is it, like you said, man. He's forty three years old, dude. He's gonna be forty four. Like if he struggles, it's because it's old age. And he's gonna be in a much better division. Let's take that into account. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Saints. You gotta play this. That's why. Like, yo, how many how many times is in that division is he gonna be the better quarterback on the field? Sure. Obviously, with what's happening in Carolina, we don't know. But for the most part. And they also got to play NFC North and AFC West. So you're going to get some big matches with Kansas City, Green Bay. So he's got his work cut out for him. This isn't some upgrade. Like it's upgrade in terms of talent, but it's not upgrade in terms of situation. That's why it was a little bit of a curious decision. Like I thought Indianapolis, if you want to look at a situation where they could, I'm sure they could compete for or at least you know make the playoffs, I would say Indianapolis is a better option. But I don't know whether he has you know, vitriol for the whole situation that happened with them even though i think chris mm. bell can put that aside but ah, it's exciting though uh and it just it's cool that the franchise is kind of relevant again because you know they've been so gone like what the bucks have been most known for is that like in may or june when there's nothing much going on some writer whether it's on nfl.com or espn will put out oh bucks potential dark horses this year like every may or june you've seen that for at least the last five years now there's some substance behind it because they have a really good roster. Well, from a betting perspective, they're now 18 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Prior to this move, they were 70. So it goes to tell you that right now, you know, if you're looking at betonline.ag, shout out to the plug, shout out to the sponsor of the show. That's a big jump, dude. They're the third favorite in the A in the in the NFC to to get to the Super Bowl. So Yeah. And who knows? They might have one or two big moves. Uh, left in them, like I think it would be a smart move to get a guy like Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon is another player that could take him over the top. With uh, j- just guessing, who do you think are the the three favorites in the NFC? I, I gave you one in Tampa Bay. Who's the other two ahead of them? I would not put Tampa Bay up there as a favorite. I would say it's New Orleans, San Fran, and man, I love what 
Philly. Yeah. Winning the offseason. Yeah, yeah. But the teams ahead of them, it's San Francisco's plus 450. The Saints are plus 600. And then the Bucks are plus 850 as far as winning the NFC. So, yeah. Even over Green Bay. I know Green Bay's been quiet, but. Yeah. All right. Let's move into this one that kind of got Twitter. Kind of sent Twitter out of uh, spiraling in the one di- uh, wrong direction. Um, so much so that I can't even speak during this next player that I'm about to introduce, apparently. But DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Arizona Cardinals along with a fourth-round pick in exchange for David Johnson as well as a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 fourth-round pick. What are your thoughts on that? D-Hop going to Arizona. I think the biggest takeaway is that now David Gettleman won't be the poster child for jokes when it comes to GMs. I think Bill O'Brien is by far the worst general manager leaving. I would be shocked if this doesn't go down as one of the worst trades, period, in sports. However you want to quantify it, I think it's just absurd on every level. First off, you're taking a contract of a player who hasn't really produced since, what, 2016? Several injuries basically was a healthy scratch for the majority of last season. And then you're, so you're taking that contract on, and then on top of that, you're trading a top three receiver at minimum. I don't care what your rankings are. If DeAndre Hopkins is in a top three receiver in your like, rankings, you're not watching the game closely enough. He is a superstar on every level. And not just that, but I think the rapport between him and Watson is probably the, up there with the best in the league. Like those, two Absolutely. Just, those two just click. And even in crunch time, you see it. Just those two, they're irreplaceable. It's, it, it, that, I think it's the biggest frustration about this besides the fact of just how much they've not just dis, dis, misvalued Hopkins, but just changing the franchise and just not supporting Watson because you have a real superstar in your hands of the Watson. And now you receive like quarterback receiver combos. When you see something special, you got to maintain, it, especially guys that get along like this and two guys that aren't divas whatsoever and to just break it away because of what he wanted 18 million a year, like really, or some other petty nonsense. It's ridiculous. I think Bill O'Brien, he's been very fortunate being in a division where you could be 9-7 and win a division almost year in and year out. Like, if he was in another division, he probably wouldn't fire three or four years ago. But now he's probably going to get more exposed, and who knows what happens. But this is a team now that's traded Clowney and Hopkins, and they still have zero first-round picks. Like, this is just – what can you say? Like, that's why when people say they're speechless, I don't blame them because this is beyond malpractice. 27-year-old wide receiver. Couldn't agree with you more. He's top three in the league. If you don't have him top three, um, then you're not watching football. I think it's him, Michael Thomas, and, of course, the one and only, Julio Jones. Yeah. Now, again, couldn't agree with you more, and I hate to say that, but you went first and you just smashed all your points. (laughs) When you have something special like Watson and Hopkins and these guys – all reports are they chill, right? I know it sounds like mad simple, but they hang out. They go to events together. They're seen at like the SBs and all these award shows. They fuck with each other on social media. Like there, there's never been a report like, oh, I need more. I need the ball more or like, oh, you know, he got to get up. Like it's been cool. Like it's been straight chilling. And what about this? This dude has missed nine plays in his career. Like, durable for a position where, look, I love Odell Beckham Jr. He's missed a ton of time. Sammy Watkins, I don't love, but he's missed a ton of time. Julio Jones, how many times have I mentioned where 
you know, sure, he hasn't missed a lot of games, but how many drives, Alan? Shit, you cover the Falcons. You've seen it. It's like, you know. Who, Snaps, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, yo, you're going to miss a couple of drives. Like, what does that, that, that kills Falcons me? Falcons is as durable as it gets. And, like, and just in terms of the physicality he brings. Like, when you see him at the line scrimmage, of course, try to get physical with him. Like, I think the one benefit of this trade, I mentioned before, that I'm, I love the fact that we're getting Hopkins versus Jalen Ramsey twice a year now because Again. I was a little disappointed in that. So if, if it took two organizations not knowing what they're doing for it to happen, then so be it. Especially in that division. Oh my god, NFC West. Good luck coming out of that. But it's just unfortunate because I think Houston, with all the talent they've assembled and just year in and year out there in the playoffs and it just it just constantly set themselves back every offseason. Now they've set themselves back to the point where I don't think there's no return. Like, this is a team, if if Watson goes down, they're going to win two or three games at most. Like, they're one Deshaun Watson injury away from being arguably the worst team in the league because look at that team. Their defense, they don't have a lot of playmakers anymore, and now you just lost the superstar on your roster. Like, DeAndre, excited about I, shit, I, I can't even, I'm going to, I'm going to propose a, scenario in which you can defend this move if you were if your number two wide receiver was chris godwin and or you had a stud number two wide receiver and you're like yo you know what i can maybe get away with chris godwin for another year or two not having to pay him that big money and let a guy like deandre hopkins walk maybe and look i'm not even believing myself saying this but what i'm trying to get to alan is dude will fuller is not the most durable reliable gonna be there on sunday even when he starts shit he almost cost me my fantasy championship when they were playing the Tampa bay bucks when i started him because watson and fuller have a connection which is even more explosive than d hop and watson like watson's splits when fuller is in the lineup are significantly better than when he's out but it's also the fact that you got d hop on the other side of him so now you're banking on what kenny stills um, um, Kiki QT and, and and Wolf Fuller, who's never been healthy. Yeah, then they signed Randall Cobb, which oh makes absolutely no sense. Congrats! <laughs> I know you're gonna hate this, but it was very reminiscent of after the Giants traded Odell Beckham, they signed Golden Tate. Kind of reminiscent. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's like oh, so I get excited by sure. that. But yo, dude, with D Hop, it it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. All the outrage, and you could tell. You can tell when a guy gets cut or a guy gets traded, what is going to be, it's going to sound corny, but there's the, the age of social media. Like what's the social media tribute? What is, you know, what are the other teammates saying about it? Right? Like, I think that stuff is important, man. When Ron Rivera got fired, I kind of mentioned that how Greg Olson, Cam, who's super outspoken, McCaffrey, the wide receivers, Samuel and Moore, they came out and they're like, yo, Ron Rivera, like, sorry that. You got fired because we didn't perform well and shit. And it's like players, uh, a, a quote from a beat writer from the Texans were absolutely shocked and thought they were getting pranked that this happened. You're talking about a leader on the team, too. And look, if you look at the history of the NFL, wide receivers don't always stay with one team. Like You've seen it a lot. Like Jerry Rice left when he still had some juice left. Terrell Owens, Randy Moss. Chad Johnson, these guys tend to grow sour with the organization because they're divas, but with Deha, man, it's just crazy to see. I can't defend it. It's just wild, especially where you traded a third-round pick last year for Duke Johnson, and you didn't even utilize him. They traded 
for three running backs in the last eight months. What team does this? Like, you get running backs through Jeff. We're in an age now where you don't pay running backs. But why trade three in the past eight months? Let's not forget about Carlos Hyde. Like, it's just bizarre. Like, I don't know what's doing. Just Bill O'Brien, the more power he gets, the more this franchise goes downhill. And it's just laughable that they have zero first-round picks. Like, I don't know how it's possible. Uh, shit, let's he he even you can argue you can argue that he didn't even get enough for D Hop. Like you look at what Diggs went for. Oh, not at all. Right? What is enough for D Hop? Like I don't think there's you could put a number on it at this point. I mean, especially where you know the guy that gets traded or the guy that signs that next deal sets the new market, right? So like Diggs gets acquired from Buffalo, right? Doing the polar opposite of what Houston's doing. Hey, we got a young QB. We trust him. We love him. He's our franchise guy. Let's get him more weapons, right? What did they do last offseason? They bring in John Brown. They bring in Cole Beasley. I know they're not Julio. They're not Michael Thomas, but they were productive with the Bills. They made the playoffs. They won some games. They were a threat, and it opened up shit for Josh Allen. So what do they do? They double down. They're like, yo, let's go and get him a real number one wide receiver, a more complete one. They bring him in along with a seventh-round pick in this year's draft in exchange for a 2020 first-round pick. And look, I'm not going to lie. I've always been one to say I wouldn't really trade first-round picks for anyone other than a, than a quarterback. But D-Hop, 27 years old. Stephon Diggs, 26 years old. Like You still have four, five prime all-pro years in these wide receivers where I'd rather get that than take a chance and draft someone, draft a wide receiver in the first round and... Shit, look, look, Nikhil Harry, he was a first-round pick. Didn't mean that he translated. I know he's still young and it's still early, but, man, I need an impact right now from my young guy. And what Buffalo did, I loved it. I loved it, just doubling down. Yeah, they're very aggressive. I think they've definitely been one of the big winners from this offseason. You know, I do wonder how he's going to fit there. But, look, Diggs, I think, in terms of route running, he probably is. If not, Keenan Allen, it's him as the best route runner. That would be the only other guy I would press you on. Like, those guys, like, especially Diggs, like, you put him one-on-one, this guy will break your ankles. He is such a great robber. You put him with John Brown, like, ankle bees, like, those guys are just going to create separation. It's just a matter of Josh Allen could find them. And, you know, I do like the fact that they're focusing on guys that could separate rather than getting these big, big threats that can't really separate. Because, I don't know, I think the knock is with not just Josh Allen, but these quarterbacks where they're not the most accurate guys. Like, okay, we need big bodies where they could you know, shield the way defenders and make catches in traffic. It's like, no, when the quarterback is not necessarily accurate, you need guys that could create five yards of space. And that's where you're getting with a guy like Stephon Diggs, who's going to be as motivated as ever because clearly things were not going right in Minnesota. So, yeah, it's an exciting move. It's definitely nothing you can really complain about. I think the only concern is if you know, the fit with Josh Allen, just because Josh Allen is just so inaccurate. But besides that, it's like a talent Diggs, his caliber. Like, it was clear he was being held back by Kirk Cousins. Like, there were times last year Diggs would be wide open and Cousins would throw it out of bounds or over his head. Now, that might happen a little bit with Josh Allen. But, <laughs> you know, I think you got, like, I don't know if you got to trust the process. Or I do think, if anything, he'll get the ball more because, you know, there were times last year he'd get two or three targets and it's just like, Look, I'm a, I'm a star receiver. I better be getting eight, ten targets a game. So, you know, I think this is the offense where they'll feed him. He's not playing with Mike Zimmer, who I think is a little bit outdated with his philosophy. The only the only complaint I'd have with Diggs to Buffalo is I would have preferred a bigger body wide receiver for them in the red zone. This was a team that struggled in the red zone through the air because 
you know, same shit with the Giants, man. When the Giants get down into the red zone, it's it's hard to, you know, that that even though the goal line fade is kind of a disaster depending on who's running it, it's still a nice option to know that hey, I could put a guy out there that's six four against a five eight corner, you know, where it's it's a lot of underside undersized wide receivers in Buffalo, but. Man, the, the idea of bringing in a guy like Diggs, I don't think you can hate on it, though. Right. I think you just got to trust your offensive coordinator to scheme up plays in the red zone. He's getting paid to you know, create those you know, scheme up players and just create those openings. So That's true, uh, because if you, yeah. look at, if you look at a team like San Francisco, they went through the Super Bowl, and they kind of had the same issues on the outside. Right. Manuel Sanders, so, Debo Samuel, not exactly Julio Jones built wide receivers on the outside. True. You just got to you know, trust line and those tight ends, like look at George Kittle, this guy most people. So I know Buffalo doesn't really have the blockers of that caliber, but you know, I do think they're building something really good there. Uh, this was the offseason because they have to look at Josh Allen's on a rookie contract. They got to be aggressive at this point. You have to capitalize on You see the Ravens doing it. We've seen the past, the Rams, the Eagles, you know, Chiefs. You know, this is the Bills next couple of years. They got to go all in. So getting a guy like Diggs, sure, do it. Because this is the type of win that's going to put you over the Patriots, which is you know the first step towards becoming a true contender. I kind of have an issue with this next one because I think the money is ridiculous for a defensive tackle. Uh, DeForest Buckner, four-year, $84 million deal, $39.378 million guaranteed. He gets traded from San Francisco, who... Allen, they could get away with losing a defensive lineman, no? I'm not sure about this one. I think Buckner was the most valuable one. He really? Oh. Legit, he's legit an interior tackle. I know Ark Armstick gets labeled as a defensive tackle, but he's more of a pass rusher. Like Buckner plays the run. He's their one disruptive force against the run. Yeah, I know they got both uh, D4, but they come off the edge. Armstead's a little bit more of a versatile weapon. Like, if you had told me a year ago they would have valued Armstead or Buckner, I would have told you you're crazy. Like, Buckner is legit one of the best interior D-line league. He just gets forgotten about because, you know, A, San Francisco has been kind of irrelevant these past three years, and then this year they just had so much talent coming in. Like, he's a legit stud. I just think... I don't know. They kind of whether they're building more of a hybrid defense or they just want pass rushes. This moment knows because I know everyone's like, "Oh, stop their run." It doesn't really matter anymore. But uh, certain moments you kind of need it. And Buckner's that type of defensive tackle where he could generate a pass rush and stop the run. So, you know, I do think he is worth the price. I know it's a steep price, but I actually this is one of the rare trades where I think both teams win. I love the fact that Colts got a legit game wrecker, and I think it's good for San Fran to get. You know, Back in the top fifteen, they're going to use a first rounder. So I was just a little surprised it was him, you know. But then again, they have so much talent up front. Maybe he's a little bit expendable. Maybe, maybe I got to adjust at the times. Um, I think twenty one million dollars per year for a defensive lineman is fucking crazy. It depends on talent, but look, if you're going to get overpaid, you better be a stud. I think he's worth it because look, I know everyone's like, okay, it's Aaron Donald and everybody else, which is fair. No one's Aaron Donald, but you know, look, we have to we have to come to terms that players can get overpaid. That's that's how I look at it. Couldn't agree with you more about the Niners. Now they got two first round picks in the first round, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, unless because the D four was the second round pick that trade, if I remember. So, but yeah, they, they put themselves right in the mix of maybe getting like a uh, CD Lamb, uh, a Rugs. I, I think they could use another wide receiver. I don't, I don't think there's a another position a need really for San Francisco offensively. 
No, especially since Sanders rumor of him going to Dallas. Yeah. Knows. Yeah. So yeah, they're in position, especially with this draft class. So yeah, I like it for both teams. I just wonder if San Fran, you know, because uh, D Ford's been kind of inconsistent. I'm not sure. I wonder if they kind of regret trading for D Ford at this point because now they have to, they're kind of required to pay for it because they trade for him. Like he's our guy. So yeah, it just it, it caught me off a little bit by surprise. But San Francisco so deep now. Just and they're. Just their front office, they just it's hit after hit with them. So, you're really gonna doubt them at this point because they've been so successful. You know, the, the, in a matter of three years, they built a you know, team that could have won the Super Bowl. Staying with the Colts, they also signed Philip Rivers, one year deal, twenty five million. I don't know. Hey, this is the Rivers' best spot. That's that's all. I can it say is. It is. Point. I think. I yeah. think if you look at the landscape of the NFL, for every team that needed a quarterback. I think that was the best situation. They have some weapons. They have a defense that's not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. It's, you know, in anywhere from the, you know, 12 to 18 range, I will put the Colts when everyone's healthy and whatnot. They have a game record in Darius Leonard. Love uh, appeared this year on the outside. Weapons are fine. Offensive line is probably the best in the NFL, if not one of the best. So from a fit standpoint, I thought I was actually going on a wild Twitter thread, Alan, saying how, I feel like the Colts should be more in the discussion for... I was, I was thinking Tom Brady, but it's like Tom Brady, a Phillip Rivers, even a Cam Newton. Like, this should be a destination for a veteran team, for a veteran quarterback, I should say, going to a young team that got some money to spend, like we saw what they did with Buckner. And, you know, it wasn't too long ago where we were thinking about them winning the Super Bowl with Andrew Luck. So if you were to put a Tom Brady there or a Phillip Rivers... Maybe it changes it, and they go back into that discussion. Now you look at the landscape of that division. Probably Tennessee is the favorite going it's into next two year. Teams. It's, it's two teams at this point. Right. Houston, Jacksonville, kind of irrelevant. Right. Place. So, but I don't like. This is gonna be this is gonna be the biggest storyline I think going into this football season for the Colts is is Philip Rivers really shot, or was last year just. A one-off. Like, I know he's 38, but was he more... Is there still a lot of the 2018 Phillip Rivers left in the tank? Because if that's the case, I think this is a big move for them. Yeah, we got to see if last year was an anomaly because, uh, man, I don't know. I know the whole line was a disaster. And Anthony Lynn, uh, they, I believe they fired their offense quarter at some point in the season. There was just so much instability there. But it's just he saw some of the throws where he was making. I know his decision-making has never been great, but it's just his arm strength looked diminished. And you know, the amount of balls he put, like, right. Like, there was times where he'd be hitting defensive backs right in the hands. Like, I'll never forget Tyron Matthew. There's, there was a game at Mexico City where Matthews is good at like three picks. Yeah, I think he only ended up with one, but it's just, I don't know, Rivers, some decisions he was making, whether because he was under pressure or it just he was seeing different things, who knows? But that's what was most concerning, just the amount of times he, he was turned the ball over. And I know Frank Wright is going to put him in much more favorable positions, but can he get the most out of like T.Y. Hilton? Is he someone that can still lead a team downfield to victory? Like, Rivers is going to have to be more than a game manager. To, for this team to really contend, you know, if, if he's a game manager, okay, maybe they can sneak into the playoffs, especially with the new, you know, playoff system where seven teams are getting rewarded. So maybe that could be the case, but I'd still have major concerns just because there was a lot to be discouraged about last year for on a team that okay they were shaky but they still had plenty of talent. I thought Rivers kind of lost a couple of those games for the Chargers last year. Oh, 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> a lot of those games are the charging, for sure. Um, all right. Last but not least, these motherfuckers in Philly, man. Alan, they do it every year. Howie Roseman, that's my guy right there. I honestly, if, I, if someone told me you could just change everything and root for a team, I would probably root for the Eagles. Like they, Every year, twice a year, they do this, and they're just entertaining. Like It's amazing. Howie Roseman, once again, just gets another all-pro caliber player. Acquired Darius Slay for exchange of a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick and receives a three-year $50 million extension with $30 million guaranteed. Obviously, they needed corner help. We were actually wasn't Slay one of the names we were saying they should go after at the like the trade deadline last year too. I believe so. Yeah, it was like Slay, Patrick Peterson was rumored, Chris Harris. I mentioned Trufant as well. Trufant. Oh yeah, your boy yeah. left. Where did he go? He went to um. He went to Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And then Slay actually tweeted like, "Oh, hopefully this speeds up my process." I was just shot the lines, signed a player that wasn't from the Patriots because. That apparently beings is their MO now. Someone, if you haven't played for the Patriots, we don't want you. Like I saw a stat say where they have more Patriots on their roster right now, or former Patriots seven, than the amount of players that were still on the team when Patricia first got there. It's like six. So that's how much like roster turnover has been out there. This guy has more Patriots on his roster than his own players when they started. So I don't know, that team is a disaster. But yeah, we've been saying for years, this is what the Eagles got to do. I know they've won a Super Bowl, but they need a true number one, especially in division like the NFC East or just the NFC in general, and they got their guys. So this is a very exciting move. You know, Obviously, happy for a guy like Slay, who has been kind of under the radar past few years. That's the unfortunate thing. If you're a corner on a bad team, you're not going to get much of recognition. Like, yeah. like Oswald did his thing because he was legit shut down. Besides that, if you're still at the corner, you're not going to get a lot of attention. And Slay is that guy. So it's going to be cool to see him in a lot more big-time matchups. And you know, I think between that and then Philly also getting Javon Hargrave. Yes. Dude. Stud nose tackle. So I was a uh, fun little story. I was actually playing Call of Duty. I was playing Fortnite with Danny, Danny Emmaholtz, our buddy. He's a big Steeler fan. And when he saw that, he was like, fuck, yo, we lost Hargrave. I think that was to be expected. Cause yeah. Texas, yeah. But, but still, he's so, a big part of that Steelers defense, man. And absolutely. Three-year, $39 million deal, $26 million fully guaranteed. Yo, have you noticed something real quick? Just a side note. Like, I feel like the guaranteed money is a lot more on some of these contracts. Like, the, Maybe it's part of the new CBA deal, I would, which is a good thing, I guess. Like, you know, j- just for example, like $39 million deal for Hargrave, $26 million guaranteed 50 million dollar deal for slay 30 million guaranteed like you know it it seems like a third of the contract is honored now which i don't remember it like i remember there being like 120 million dollars for for haynes or 100 million dollars for haynesworth but it was like 40 million was guaranteed you know, so it's like, well, 40% of the contract is... Damn, well, that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> you're right. Games. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. But I, last thing I do want to mention about this, though, is that I think their patience should be rewarded, like, because they could have easily got bid into trade those first, you know, first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. Now, okay, Slay's not quite a level of Ramsey, but you're still getting a top-tier corner, and you just had to trade a third round there, a fifth round there. Okay, you kind of had a pile last year, but it's not like they were going to go anywhere last year, given all their injuries and lack of receiving weapons. So, with a little bit of patience, you, f- you fill a huge need, and 
they look primed and set to you know contend this year. So kudos to them because you look what's going on with the Rams right now. I bet they kind of wish they had first round picks given all the holes and you know cap casualties they've had to deal with. So you know, once again, Harry Roseman, he's ahead of the game doing his thing. All right, let's let's stay in. Uh, let's do this one. A little bit of rapid fire. We'll start with the NFC East. We'll each give one big move that we like, one big move that we dislike across the board for each division. How's that? Sounds good. All right. Let's start off with the NFC East, you know, segueing off the Philadelphia Eagles as we're putting the timestamps down, brother, brother. Okay. Allen, I'm going to start off with what I dislike. Everything the Giants have done. I disagree. Really? All right, swing me. I'm a James Bradbury fan. I think he's a damn good corner. Okay, he shouldn't be paid like a top five corner, but you know how contracts work. You know, when guys coming out on free agency, they're going to get paid absurd amount of money. Like, look at Austin Hooper with the Browns. Like, no one expects Austin Hooper to be paid like the highest tight end, but that's just how business works right now. Things will eventually change. But I think Bradbury competing with the likes of Julio, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, like, he's someone that plays very physical. And okay, he's not the best athlete, but I think he's someone that you're going to enjoy watching because he challenges receivers, and that's something that the Giants have lacked. He's someone that has a lot of size, plays a lot of physicality. Okay, he gets beat quite a little bit just because he's not that quick. Like, you put him in space, he's a little bit sluggish. But I think it's worth it. I think they need someone like him. And I know maybe people get annoyed because he's a Gettleman guy. Gettleman did draft him while he was in Carolina. So it's just like, oh, that Gettleman stench. This guy here goes again. Because what was the whole knock of Gettleman? This guy never pays corners, but mm. now he's paying one, which is kind of his own guy. But, no, I do think Bradbury's worth the price. I think someone that, you know, that was kind of needed. And he's someone entering his prime as well. So, yeah, that's probably my favorite move in the FCs that doesn't really That doesn't involve the Eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, Gerald McCoy was also a really good one I liked as well. Yeah, he went to Dallas. I was telling uh, some of my Cowboys friends, I was like, yo, they're like, oh, he sucked in Carolina. I was like, nah, man, he was he was solid. McCoy's, decent, just, you get forgotten about when your team goes to hell. But yeah, but not Carolina. only that, I think it's very important to remember that some of these dudes that get cut, it's not because they're trash. It's because teams don't want to pay him $14 million, and then they just release him. Like when he well, initially got released from Tampa Bay. Yeah. Right, because they just didn't want to deal with his yeah. contract. Yeah, his yeah. contract. Um, yo, with Bradbury, the thing is, is I, I, you did bring up a good point where you know twice a year he's playing Julio, Mike Evans, Mike Thomas. So it's not like he's, you know, he's going up against the cream of the crop. Really, you know, those are three of the top what twelve wide receivers in the league, arguably top ten. I would say top ten. Yeah. So all right, I guess so. Just. Hey, I'd be pissed with the Blake Martinez contract. Oh, my God. Someone tweeted, Blake Martinez is just a white Alec Ogletree. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't unsee this now. Uh, he's a lot slower. He's a lot uh, slower, think, too, yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, man, the NFC title game was bad. I would not watch that. Like, uh, if you watch it, you're just like, how's this going to start? Like, Martinez is a decent physical, you know, run-stopping linebacker, but it's just you put him in space, he can't move. Like, he would someone be a lot more effective in the – early to mid-2000s then now. Let's just say that. And you compare his contract to someone like Corey Littleton. Yeah, Giants know, did not get I, that right at all. I spotlighted Corey Littleton. Um, all right, one move that I liked in that division, I guess it's McCoy. I like them getting McCoy. Cowboys getting Gerald McCoy. Beef up that defensive line. Now you got some help for Dexter Lawrence. 
Um, no, Demarcus Lawrence, right? Yeah, De- Dexter Marcus Lawrence is the Giants' defensive yeah. lineman. Because Dallas lost Robert Quinn and Malik Khan or Malik Khan, excuse me. So yeah, they need so desperately to bolster yeah. that D line. Cowboys took some losses for this offseason. All right, let's move on to the uh, your division, NFC South. We can't say Brady because that's an obvious one, but give me uh, give me one that you liked. I'm kind of thinking Malcolm Jenkins returned back to the Saints. Get, they needed at least you know some sort of veteran presence back there and someone that's kind of a playmaker because I don't know, for some reason, as good as that secondary plays when it comes to playoff time, they kind of falter. And Jenkins is someone, especially in Philly, he was a leader there and he was someone that you just count on in big moments. You know, one of the most consistent tacklers in the league, someone that you know kind of knows his responsibilities. I think getting him back is huge because they were rumored to be in the Chris Harris sweepstakes, but they fell short. So even though Jenkins and Harris are kind of different players, I just felt they needed some defensive back where it was a slot corner or safety just to solidify the secondary. And getting someone like Malcolm Jenkins is, once again, I always say the Saints need one or two players from going over the top, and then when it comes to January, they somehow lose the most disappointing, dramatic fashion. But I do think this is the kind of move that helps them at least, you know, keep themselves afloat in the you know, NFC Super Bowl chase. Did you not say Dante Fowler because you didn't want to be a homer or you just don't like that pick? No, I like Dante Fowler. He's just a little inconsistent for my liking, but he's someone that I think the Falcons just need to make a move and he has tied. Dan Quinn actually recruited him when he was at Florida if Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator. So him and Fowler are pretty well connected. I just think Fowler's a little inconsistent, but you know, I definitely like the move. They desperately need to be in power off the edge. It's gonna, it's nice to gonna be to watch someone that actually plays with some violence and ferocity compared to watching five years of Nick Beasley who did none of that. Well, you would hope that he's more of the 2019 player, 11 and a half sacks. You know, let's not forget. I don't want to give it an excuse because you see some guys that are productive right away. But this is a young dude, man. He's 25. Not the craziest contract, right? It's not like you're paying him 20 million dollars a year. It's yeah, a, it's only a, three a, years as well, and I just think he's an, exciting, he, he's an exciting player. Like I like Fowler, just he's inconsistent. Like there's no denying yeah. that. But he's the Falcons desperately need an edge rusher, and uh, it's about time they broke the bank on one. Um. All right, give me give me one that you disliked. Oh, man, can I just say everything that Carolina Panthers have done? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna just. I actually wrote down Carolina like with a question mark. I. How they handled the whole camp situation and just, I'm not, like, I kind of like Teddy B, but I, I don't see it ending well. I just, he's kind of limited. I just don't know him and Matt Rule, are they going to be effective? Because Teddy, as much as everyone likes the Bridgewater story, he's not this aggressive playmaker. He's more of a conservative game manager, kind of rides out. Yeah, he can make plays with his athleticism, but he's not someone that's going to be pushing the ball downfield. Like, you know, if I'm Curtis Samuel, I don't know what my roles in the offense going to be. Like, I don't expect to get the ball a lot because Teddy B just doesn't push the ball downfield. So I haven't really liked that fit. And, yeah, the whole Newt situation. It's like, okay, in February you commit to him, and now he's someone you're desperately trying to get out. I just thought they poorly handled that, and just very disrespectful to someone that you know carried your franchise over the past you know, nine years. So, just shame on Carolina. Big thumbs down all the way. NFC West. Wait, what about you? Oh, I, I mean, pretty much Carolina, man. Like I said, I had Carolina with a question mark. I didn't, I didn't like. I would have went with Cam, bro. Like, I would have just stayed with Cam. As opposed to Teddy Bridgewater, it's, you know, like, great story, congrats, coming back and all that, but... 
they must know something about it. It has to be something. Cam's health, related. right? Yeah. Yeah, I they must know. know something. I was thinking that too. That crossed my mind. Um, one one thing I didn't like is a first round tender on Taysom Hill. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, come on. It, 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 it's cute. It's fun. It's a gadget play, and he comes in and. There's times you watch him where you're like, yo, this guy is such a threat. And, and they utilize him right, but come on. Like, come yeah, on. look, uh, salute to Sean Payton. You know, best wishes to him. He you know, tested positive for coronavirus. I don't want to make any like Sean Payton-related jokes you know, because you know he's obviously suffering right now. But it's just the whole Sean Payton, Taysom Hill love affair is kind of weird. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know, that's the Saints for you. All right, NFC West. What's a move that uh, let's switch it up a bit? What's a move that you dislike? Man, I'm, I'm trying to focus on like individual moves because like I could just say right now the Rams just you know how they're handling the situation like they're going from Dante Fowler to Leonard Floyd. I think that's a huge downgrade. You know, losing someone like Michael Brockers, I think is big. It's just how I think what was like 27 percent. Now obviously with Gurley it's different, but like 27 percent of their cap was going towards. Golf and Curly going mm. to this season now it changes, but I just think the, the mismanagement of that team is pretty. You know, it's eye opening now. They've lost so many defensive free agents between Littleton and uh, Ruby Coleman and uh, Fowler. Dante Fowler. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I want to try to find like an individual because I think I'm kind of cheating just by saying the Rams. But I don't know. They've been kind of quiet this division. Like the Seahawks haven't done a whole lot. Like man. Like we could mention now, but how about Clowney? Again, not much of a market for him. He's someone that's still getting ready to peep. I want to defend the Rams a little bit because one thing that I like that they did is they cut ties to Todd Gurley. And I know it's a position where I think it's the one position in sports I'm the most hypocritical about because I totally feel the running back holding out for more bread. But I also totally feel the owner for not wanting to pay them because it's a position, like we said, you can find dudes in the third, fourth, fifth round and the self life, the shelf life for that player. It's not as long as some other positions, man. Yo, you're getting banged 400 times a year. Pause. Right. Like it's just every time you catch, you catch, get a touch on the ball. You're either unless you go unscathed and no one touches you. It's like hand tackles and you score a touchdown or you run out of bounds, dude, you're getting pummeled. And Todd Gurley, I remember making this joke this time last year, he's the oldest 25-year-old running back I've ever seen. So to cut yeah. ties with him and you avoid about $10.5 on the cap this year, I think it's a great move for the Rams, man. And especially what that contract was going to look like later on down the road. And it's just another example of a team gets a running back that's a stud on a rookie deal. They run up to the ground, and then they say, peace, Vince McMahon time. Good luck on your future endeavors. Thing is, like, I'm not even sure if they ran to the ground. I just think he's always had the knee problems, and he just right. He tore his ACL yeah. in college. Like, it's yeah. not a surprise. He missed his first four games in his professional career because of it. But you just see now, a girl. He doesn't run the same amount of violence. He doesn't change direction that well. Like, he's not breaking away as much. Like, it's just the rings on the wall. And you know, now the Falcons are being rumored to him. I was like, you just trade, you just release Devontae Freeman because he's kind of damaged goods. Now you're going to side talk Gurley because the whole Georgia thing. Like, I just look, if you're going to sign Gurley at this point, you have to convince yourself, like, okay, we're not giving the ball at most 12 to 15 times a game. That's it. Because he's just not someone you can rely upon to carry the ball 18 to 20 times. He, no, in no shape or form, should be a workhorse back anymore. All right. 
Um, next division? NFC East? No, no. NFC North. Oh, wow. We forgot the North. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wow, I, 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 got, I got a good one for you. Um, there's been a lot of bad. There's been a lot of bad. Can I give you the craziest one? The, the one okay. that like... I, I don't think it's a bad move. I don't think it's a good move. But just the one that I was like, what? You saw what Robert Quinn signed for? Yeah, 29-year-old edge rusher who, okay, he got kind of a rebirth here last year, but... And I was hyping him up a lot. Like, every time we talked yeah. about the Cowboys, I was like, yo, Robert Quinn, that dude is balling. Like, he did a one-year bet on myself, and I love that shit. Kind of got lost in Miami, but, man, that is steep. Now you're paying you're paying a lot of money to edge rushers if you're in Chicago. The best thing, that's probably the Bears' best offseason move because, like I said, they won the 2013 offseason. You, know, you signed Jimmy Graham, trade for Nick Foles, Robert Quinn. These guys were elite players in 2013. You know? So now 2020, they're ready to go, I guess. But I'm actually going to say the Bears uh, are, are my favorite my, my favorite move that the Bears did, oh, this division did, is them getting Nick Foles because it validates how I felt about Mitchell Trubisky for 18 months. <laughs> And I am taking victory laps. Just because of that, like, just because it's validation, nothing else. Nothing else, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at, like, oh, man, like, the Vikings have lost a bunch of players. The Packers have been relatively, like, the Packers are probably the winners just because they haven't done anything. And I'm still holding, I hope they sign Robbie Anderson within the next few days. Ooh, that'd be nice. That? That'd be nice. But, I'm, yo, look, Green Bay, not a surprise that they're not doing anything. Well, last year they were helping crazy. That's true, but was that just an outlier year? And they just like reverted back to their old ways of... I remember, dude, I think it was before the 2016... It was the last Julius Peppers year where... Well, yeah, the last season that he played, I remember it was 51 of the 53 players on the Packers were homegrown. It was like something outrageous. Well, that was during the whole Ted Thompson. Now Ted right, Thompson is right. more than their new whole right. GM. And I know they were aggressively pursuing Hooper, but they just didn't want to pay the money. So I think Green Bay's bound to make a move. But I don't know. If I could give one good move, I look, I do think Desmond Trufant still still not to play at a high level. So credit to Detroit uh, for making one of the few signs that isn't a former Patriot. So I still think he could give him something. You put him in. Uh, I'm blanking on the prospect, but I know he's a big-time prospect. That's a corner. I think Okuda is his name. On uh oh yeah Jeff Jeff I yeah, think Jeff you, you, from Ohio you State put those yeah two together they're gonna do work so you know I will you know Trufant's my guy I still think he's playing at a high level so you know for that two years twenty one million I think it's a soft move but oof, in terms of moves in this division between <laughs> Jimmy Graham just stealing money uh, I'm not a Nick Foles guy so I think compared to the market they could have done a lot better than Nick Foles whether it was even getting someone like Andy Dolan like, I think Andy Dolan would have been better than Nick Foles and then the Lions like. Five years, fifty million for Vitae. Like, have they not watched this guy play? Hmm. Apparently like, not. Like, really? And okay, Jamie Collins. I know he had someone of a rejuvenated year, but he was someone that, for the most part, besides playing in New England, has been largely disappointing. And uh, there's just a lot of bad contracts being thrown at that Minnesota. Just I don't know what they're just not resigning Livall Joseph and then just letting Mackenzie Alexander going. Just FC North, just big thumbs down all around right now. AFC East. We can't we can't mention Brady departure. We can't mention Diggs. What is something that you like that's happened? Byron Jones, best cornerback on the market. 
I think Miami needed one at least once uh, splash signing, and they got it. They got the best corner market, someone that could cover slot receivers, someone that you, know, you probably outside of him and Xavier now are arguably the best cornerback duo in the league. So at least they got that. I think just his versatility and just you know someone that once again is a consistent tackler. Like Miami just needs to like you know this offseason they were going to spend, and I'm just glad they got at least one player they could say, okay, he's the best player at that position. That was on the market. They need to do that, and they got it. So, kudos to them. I I kind of like what Miami's done. Um, outside of Eric Flowers. Outside of Eric, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's the one that I disliked. So you okay. beat me to it. That's the one. Yeah, I just I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Um, he didn't he really apparently s- played well against. The, he apparently played well left guard for Washington, but I'm not gonna pretend this. I watch any Redskin games. No, and I know from talking to Josh, our buddy Josh, who is a massive Redskins fan, all he would do is say, why the hell are we starting this guy? All we did was make fun of him with the Giants, and now he's there. Uh, look, three years, $30 million, congrats, Eric Flowers. Good for you. Um, I love Byron Jones. I like Shaq Lawson coming on over over there. Um, Van Noy. Van Noy also. Flores. Yeah, with Brian Flores, that's true. Um Ogba also, I think that's a pretty fair deal for an edge rusher. So I like I like what Miami's done. I think the one thing that I dislike is like did the Jets like kind of press snooze on this offseason? Like what are they doing? Dude, they had a lot of money to spend. Talking about teams with young quarterbacks on rookie contracts, like what's up? Hey, a lot of my boys are Jeff fans, I just told them. Do people really want to go there? That's the thing. Okay, they got cap space, but after there was so much bad press about them last year, the whole clutchy assembly situation, the mismanagement of Le'Veon Bell, where they're not fully committing, like they spent all that money, and then you have the coach publicly saying, "I don't know." It's just I think this Adam Gase stench is just rubbing people the wrong way. Like, who really wants to go there? I think it's hilarious they signed George Fant, a guy who got benched. Uh, he was left tackle for Seattle when they had the worst all line league, and he was benched at one point. You sign a player who was essentially like a third tight end to a three-year, $30 million contract. You know, same contract that Brian Buaga got, who was a stud with right tackle on Green Bay, who went to charge. It's just, I don't know, I, Mike Runner, our buddy, said it best. Like, if you're a tackle in this league and you start like eight games that weren't absolutely terrible, you're going to get paid. And the Jets did that to a left tackle who played basketball four years and was once a tight end who barely played in this league. That's their big signing, George Fan. Man, okay. if you're if you're a Jets fan, if you're a Texans fan, you gotta be careful with these young quarterbacks, man. You might they might be they might be damaged goods by the time they get someone that knows what they're doing with them. If you surround them with stuff like, come on, man, George Fant, like Russell Wilson was only if you, if you look at quarterbacks that could survive something like that, it would be Russell Wilson. Yeah, because how much <laughs> yo. <laughs> this is the funny thing about Russell Wilson. We love his flashy ability and, you know, the Russ magic, right? Wilson magic. And it's like, yeah, that, that, he needs to do that or he's going to die back there. And one of the reasons why is there's guys like George Fant over there. Yo, dude, real quick, uh, my phone is about to die. Is there any chance we could switch to Google Chat? Uh, yeah, or let's do that. Wait 10 minutes for the charge and should be good to go. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, one thing with VM, guys, you know, no edits. They heard that. We're leaving that in there. You know what I'm saying, brother, brother? This, All is, right. corona, this is coronavirus podcast. Yeah, it is we're a just, coronavirus pod, baby. We're just giving you content. Like, you got to it's a struggle right here. AFC South. Again, we can't mention any moves that have already happened. Um, I'll lead this one off. 
One that I think is rather interesting is Jacksonville deciding to go with Gardner Minshew at at the moment. And, you know, it was funny when Gardner Minshew, when they asked him about uh, his chances for rookie of the year, he said, you know, my stats were better. My everything was better than Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray. You want to talk about a discount. This guy was a, is a super discount. Now, if you're Jacksonville, this is how I want to pose this one, Alan. The reason why I'm saying Jacksonville here and that move of getting rid of Nick Foles, getting a fourth-round pick for him, is a few things. You get out of that Nick Foles contract, which was kind of a disaster when it got signed. That's an understatement. That's five teams he's been on in six seasons. So I got at it with Impy on Twitter how – if you're still a pro Nick Foles, anti Carson Wentz guy at this point, I'm sorry. I got love for you, but you're on your own. Those people can't exist, right? There are some people, man. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Hell, there's a statue out outside of where the Eagles play of Nick Foles, which I understand, but still. Yeah, anyway, I understand that, but just... let's let's not get digressed. But yeah. if Gardner Minshew could give them what he gave them last year, right, and they have that luxury now of being a team that could go out and maybe spend some money and bring some free agents in, you know, no tax down there. I know Jacksonville isn't exactly Los Angeles, but I like the idea of, I thought Gardner Minshew should have never got pulled for Nick Foles. Yeah, it was a rash move, but it's Jacksonville. Like they're just, they're unstable as it gets. So I like the idea of them turning to Minshew mania and letting them run wild, man, and getting out from the contract of Nick Foles. So for me, that, that that's the one move that I really liked in this division. Yeah, because the AFC South, they've been pretty much criticized for everything they've done. Like, that division, it's like, what have they really done? Like, we can make fun of the Randall Cobb move. Uh, you could be very critical. Like, I already know. Like, I don't understand what Tennessee's doing trading Gerald Casey for seventh rounder. I know he had a big salary, but... He's just someone, maybe they could restructure the deal, who knows, but it's just you're losing you know, one of the true cornerstones of your franchise for a seventh-round pick, really. I think that's pretty bizarre. You know, I think when it comes to AFC South, like someone like, okay, the Colts recently, Anthony Costanzo, I think that's something that should be praised because he, if he hit the market, he probably would have been the best left tackle available. So at least getting him back, you pair him with you know, Quinn Nelson and Ryan Kelly, like, Brayden Smith, the right tackle, the Colts offensive line, they're set to go. So at least that was an encouraging move. So if I had to praise, I guess the Colts re-signed Costanzo. That's a good move. And then the AFC South, there's a lot to criticize. We've kind of already done it. But I do think Tennessee kind of botched the whole Drill Casey deal. I don't know what happened there. Maybe something behind the scenes. But a guy of his talent for a seventh rounder makes zero sense to me. Yo. Do you have a team that's had a better offseason than the Colts, if you look at all the moves that they've made? As far as, like, especially if Rivers is Rivers. Man, because you get Buckner. I know I criticize it a little bit. I, I don't like the money, but I like the player. And then, like you said, Costanzo. I think, especially in that division, dude, I think they're definitely the winners. Yeah, absolutely. I think them... Buffalo, Philly, and obviously Arizona. I think those are like the big winners. Although I, we are going to talk about another one in the next division. Yeah. I think that one big. All right, let's go out west. I love the move of getting Corey Littleton. That's my guy. I I remember watching him in 
the year that they went to the Super Bowl. I was just like, yo, like they have all these big names on their defense and like Donald gets all the buzz and whatnot. But I was like, yo, I like this linebacker, Littleton. I didn't know anything about him. Um, I actually just tweeted right now how I wish the Giants would have paid just $6 million more to get him after our conversation about this. But, dude, I think it's a very good deal for a three-down linebacker, which is kind of rare nowadays. I've been scrolling to find Oakland, and I forgot that they're the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's, oh, yeah. that's something we got to get used to. And, um, yeah, I kind of I liked him, man. Corey Littleton, I think he, he's a beast, dude. Uh, now... I, I wonder what's going to happen with him going to an organization like the Raiders. Maybe this new change of scenery changes some things, but man, I thought he was the best linebacker available. If I'm being honest with you. Oh, easily him and Joe Schober up there for me in terms of like outside the ball linebackers. And yeah, I think just, you know, the speed, I think we've seen in this day and age, like you want smaller linebackers that could cover, you know, all across the field, and he's someone that's just that athletic specimen that you would want. I thought the AFC West in general, I know Chiefs have been quiet because of the salary cap, but you look what the Broncos, you look what the Chargers do. I know every year we hype up the Chargers. The on-paper Super Bowl champs. Hell yeah, man. Like, come on, Chris Harris, Brian Belaga, Linval Joseph, Trey Turner. Like, they're getting, it's weird because everyone's waiting for them to get QB, but they're staying up there awesome where it's like, they could win 10, 11 games. Cam, bro, Cam. They should get Cam. I hope so, but who knows with the situation. Uh, Look, I'm, I'm pro Tyrod, but I'm not sure if I want to believe in Tyrod as like a 16-game starter or more of if you need Tyrod for three or four games, let's do it. But 16 games, mm, we're pushing it. But like, I love the Chris Harris sign. Man, you put him with that secondary of Casey Hayward, Desmond King, Derwood James, like good luck throwing on them. And then Linval Joseph, I think, has been one of the more key cogs of that Vikings defense. I was surprised to see him be a cap casualty because I know he's beloved in Minnesota. So now you got that big interior presence. Like, Chargers just killed it, man. They got Eckler back on a great deal. They got Belaga from Green Bay, solid right tackle, a little older, but once again, gives them that solidity at this point. The Chargers need talent in their offense line. I don't care what the contract is. Just get NFL caliber players at all. You got him, the trade for Trey Turner, the right guard. Man, Chargers, I don't want to buy it, but hey, until eight guys are on IR, I'm all in. Yeah, Kansas City didn't do much. Like they kept Damian Williams, they kept Chris Jones. I kind of feel like they're content with what they got, and how could you not be? So, well, oh, I do want Denver. Obviously, but we talk about Casey Balso getting AJ Boye. Yeah, and they kind of reap the benefits of the AFC South, which I know is kind of a theme this offseason. But you know, Boye and Casey, these are two you know high level players, and you're just playing them you know, on a defense. Big fan, big fan, big Fangio running it. It's exciting because I think Denver is one of those budding teams where I think they could make some noise if you know Von Miller and Bradley Chubb stay out at the end. You know, see the progression with Drew Locke. Like they're another team that Drew Locke season. <laughs> but yeah, AFC West. I think of all the divisions, they definitely won the most. All right, let's go up to the North. Last but not least, AFC North. Allen. I just want look. Just look at the Baltimore Ravens, and I just see wins. Yeah. Brockers, Clays Campbell. You got Ju- Judon's coming back. Like, mm. what more could you ask for? <sighs> yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard not to. Um, it's hard not to pick them. Like Clays Campbell, still somebody that could be like a top ten, top fifteen defensive player. I don't care what position. Like he is a 
classifies as a game wrecker. This guy, you could he was on edge. He's inside. He's like six foot eight, three hundred pounds. I think he has the longest arms in the league in terms of defensive lineman. He is just a freak. And he also Brant Brockers, who's always been a solid player in the Rams. Like if there was one question mark the Ravens last year defensively, it's just they have quite the bodies up front. Now you bring those two guys in with Judon coming back. I think they're set to contend. Yeah, I really like what they're doing because we know the secondary set. They got ballers all across there. It was about the D-line, and now they got it. So, Ravens, this is their window, and they're going all in, and they're going to be right there come January, February. Yo, random thing. Doesn't apply to this division, but you know Case Keenum has made $153,000 per pass attempt in the regular season. Like I saw Chase Daniel get signed recently, and I think he's like the most finesse QB in terms of just you know stealing money from teams. But Case Keenum doing his thing. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. All right. Um, I I like nothing that the Bengals did. Like Mackenzie Alexander, uh, I like them coming out of college, but kind of hasn't been the thing. I don't know. It just hasn't worked for him. Trey Wayne's I think is a nightmare. That's- that's a disaster of a contract. Oh man, that's gonna be Bengals fans enjoy that one. Um, that's one of those contracts. It's like okay, we got cap space, but we have no idea what to do with it. I like that's I like what the Browns did getting Conklin only because it's a big position to need. Um, at this point, they just need kind of like the Chargers. They just need talent on the offense line. They need NFL caliber stars. Forget the price. Just make sure there's a. a, a consistent player there and you know getting guys like Conklin and Bulaga they're gonna make big differences and uh, a kind of under the radar signing I think is um, I like Derek Watt going to the Steelers show some love to the fullbacks oh man you got the brothers there now you got the brothers there which is dope but also you know Pittsburgh Pittsburgh likes to run the ball and they've utilized a uh, a um a fullback in the past, and I, I think Derek Watt is a guy who he can he can make so he's kind of versatile too. Like he can catch out the backfield. He doesn't entirely have you know stone hands. Yeah, we've so, seen that before. Yeah, I want to show some love to the fullback. I figured why not. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen more. I've seen Excuse me, they've done a pretty solid job. Obviously, you know, I've been praised the Ravens, but besides the trade Wayne's contract, I thought the Bengals did a good job. I think DJ Reader's off his best year. That's a huge loss. You know, he was one of the biggest reasons why Houston's defense held it together. So, I do think the Bengals are slowly in the right direction, at least trending that way. And for the Browns, like, okay, I don't know about the whole Hooper contract, but getting at least Conklin was big because we've been saying it for months, like, this team needs to get an offensive line. They need a similar, right? Like, they've completely flopped last year in terms of not playing together an NFL caliber offensive line. Now you at least got one guy who was a big anchor of what Derrick Henry and that running game did you know, last season. So at least with Conklin, they're getting someone that's consistent. So, I think the Browns, they could be somewhat happy, even though there's still a lot more work to be done there. Alan, my guy, it's been fun. There's still some big names out there. You mentioned Clowney. Melvin Gordon still hasn't been signed. Now we got Todd Gurley. Free Robbie Anderson. Free Robbie. (laughs) He's available, too. So, uh, who knows? We might be popping on one more time uh, over the next couple of days if something crazy happens. But, Alan, I appreciate it, as always. Tell the people where they can find you, brother, brother. Alan underscore Stirk, that's A-L-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K. Bro, I just realized there's going to be a fun time for you covering the Falcons next year with this Brady stuff. 
Well, with Brady, it's he's gone against Breeze twice, Ryan twice. But also, oh. like, I feel as if you have to keep tabs on your division, also. So that just makes another sure. Like the Bucks are interesting because of like the storylines, but now like they might be a a threat. Oh, they are a threat, definitely. Right. Yeah, it, it, brings, it brings more recognition. I think it's cool because the MC South, I've talked about for years, I think it's one of the best divisions. I think it's a division that's been slept on for a long time. So, you know, getting that national recognition is going to be great. So, you know, I'm a little bummed at Cam because imagine if Cam was still in the division, it would have been even crazier. But nevertheless, though, it's exciting. It, and I just think, you know, seeing Tampa Bay back because that rivalry has been kind of diminished the past few years just because Tampa Bay hasn't been good. So, you know, whenever you get like, a player like Tom Brady to the vision, brings way more exposure. And, you know, those Bucks saints games, that's what I'm looking forward to. Like, how is Brady going to handle the Superdome? Because, man, when you go there as a way quarterback, you are there for uh, quite the battle, let's just say. Before I give uh, the outro to myself, let's do some roll call right now. Shout out to Nick Chavez, Ryan Pisner, Christopher Velasquez, Bo Clore, Corey Johnson Hoops. Derek Pleates and Daniel Gibson, thank you for your contributions to the Patreon. The Patreon is patreon.com slash veterans minimum. There's some extra stuff on there. Um, you could get top 15 to 11. You could get top 10 to 6. We still need to record our top 5. We didn't forget about that. There's also a Patreon exclusive Vegas episode. It's never going to be uploaded anywhere else. When you listen to it, you'll understand why. You can get all these over at the Patreon, a monthly subscription, and everything is going to a good cause. As far as I go, it's at the Lamb Show on all social media outlets. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find the show everywhere. Shout out to Dave Mason from Bet Online for joining us before, and we will catch you guys next time on the show. Bay Bay.